Welcome back to Going Long on First. Coming at you week nine. Is it uh it it's now that you officially the halfway point in the season, right? Over the halfway point. We so. just passed it. We just passed it. All right. Well, just in case you forgot, Jeremy Shimko's back. He's back in the chair. He was off last week because because life hits you sometimes, but he's back. Don't worry, everybody. Your Eagles. Your Eagles, uh, what do we want to call you? Hot takes. We're ready sure. for Eagles hot takes. And Seth, I just wanted to inter- interlude and say uh, you got a beautiful reading voice. It was a nice. <laughs> You're welcome. That was that was that was well read. Oh, and I can get with that. Uh, it's very very professional. Sounds like you should be reading stories to like small children, Seth. Nah, retired from that business. <laughs> <laughs> now I just tell people to do that. Anyways, all right, let's get to a little football. Nothing happened this weekend that uh, nobody thought would. You know, what a – all jokes aside there, what a weekend it was for football. I mean, I mean, the Cowboys go down like they didn't play. Obviously, the Packers went down with no Rodgers. Rams lost. I mean, just just bizarre games out of Titans, everywhere. Titans, man. Titans. Every, every Titans week. are better without Derrick Henry, right, on. Yeah, I mean, there's I two there's two players in the league that have been holding their teams back, and they both are not on those teams as at the current moment. That's Odell Beckham and Derrick Henry, and both of their teams thrived this last week, beating, getting big wins. What? What are you? What Welcome you, back, Jeremy. Did the Titans not not just demolish one of the best teams in the NFL last week? Yeah, but the Titans have they've been on this run for the last four or five weeks now, haven't they? They just had the one weird game in London. But they've been beating up on everybody. Derrick Henry's a ball hog, man. He's a volume shooter. Selfish. <laughs> Get him you know, out. Oh, oh, and maybe the they win some games this, sometimes. The only reason you're saying this is because we just got done talking about the NBA and picking on LeBron James. And that guy truly is a ball hog to the point where he kills point guards. But Titans are better with Derrick Henry on the field. All right. Well, agree to disagree. But either way, it feels like week to week, uh, you you almost think you've seen like the weird week of the season, like wow, that was you know we're gonna get back to normal, but that was a weird week. No, this again was the weirdest week so yeah. far. Hundred percent. Right, I didn't even mention the Bills score six points, one of the highest scoring teams in the league. At one Against... point, had the top offense and defense. They lose six to nine to the Jags. What You're the talking worst. in the Josh Allen versus Josh Allen game. Josh, Josh Allen, Allen dominated that game. I'll tell you that. Wait. One wait, Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen dominated that game, and then Josh Allen stunk it up in that. Game. He did. I I don't know who was who. I don't know who was who in that <laughs> game, but somebody somebody named Josh Allen played pretty well. Anyways, before we get to those, there's just a few things that we need to touch on. We're not going to spend too much time on them because I feel like the world has done enough. But <laughs> we'll we'll touch on it enough just to just to give you a little tip. All right. Just to tease the tips. Okay. Call that. Call on that. Just the tips is on Thursday, but, you know. Today, just... on Tuesdays, we tease the tips. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What? Anyways, what are you laughing at? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. I don't uh, know what I we're don't talking know, about guys, anymore. Sorry. Okay. Anyways, so just announced like uh, 30 minutes ago, right before we started, um, NFL concluded their uh, investigation into the Packers and – everything they're doing wrong their covid protocol breakage 
Uh, they were fined 300000 the Packers as an organization were. And then Rodgers and Alan Lazard, two notable unvaccinated players for the Packers, both tested positive in the last three weeks or however long it's been now since Lazard was tested positive. But both were fined 14000 And actually what I just saw before as well, um, before we got on, is that indeed the media um, – Appearances by Rogers and then the Halloween party as well led to those fines. Yes. Oh, you're talking about the John Wick? Pop, pop, pop. I mean, hey. it was worth it. The Instagram, you know, it was worth it. Oh, 100%. Cool. 100%. That's what he's going to do to that fine when he gets in the letter. Just John Wick it up. Yeah. There it is. Just push, push. Great costume. Him. Great costume. <laughs> Anyways, I mean, I'm not sure what exactly there is to say, but it's just, I mean, that's pocket change for these guys. We knew it was coming. Uh, they confirmed already that it wasn't going to be suspensions or anything. Uh, future violations will be suspensions and possible forfeiture of draft picks. We've turned into the New England Patriots all of a sudden. Um, I think the Saints. Are we have, calling this a uh, COVID gate? Uh, <laughs> I, I guess vaccine gate or um, immune, 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 immunization gate. Immunization. Yeah. It, yeah that, I that? think that's it. I want. I think you hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Now that we got that settled, all right, let's get on to some better news, though, huh? Because, you know, the world won't talk about this for the next week and a half. Um, OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., got his wish. He was freed as everybody wanted him to be. LeBron, his dad, everybody in the world, I whoever else out there tweeting free Odell. He got the his Vikings. wish. Yeah, just the Vikings Jefferson. players before the game. Oh, yeah. Other LSU guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though he was already free at that point. Yeah. True. Just, it's kind he of turned into a lapping stock. He cleared waivers. He cleared waivers earlier today, uh, Tuesday. Um, and now is officially a free agent, can sign where he pleased. So, question to both of you is uh, a quick little prediction on where he might potentially land. Because by the time this comes out tomorrow, he might already be gone. He might have landed somewhere. But just just for fun, a little prediction on, on where and when and who. Oh, and I want to go first here. Do it. So the only reason I want to go first here is because I've actually been sitting here digging for um, the post. I'm having a hell of a time finding it. I think i actually seen it on Twitter. OBJ's dad released a statement that when he was on the waiver wire, not to claim him unless you were a team with a chance at a ring. Otherwise, there would be, quote, unquote, problems. Um, now, if that doesn't show you, like, that's like this dude's career in a nutshell. Like, he's been a problem everywhere he's gone, you know. The Browns were better without him. Clearly, the Giants were crap with him. Now they're crap without him, whatever. Um, the crap. They, I mean, they probably got the worst coach in the NFL other than Mike Zimmer. But I think this dude – I truly don't think he'll go anywhere. That's not like, I think he's going to try to shoot for Seth. Sorry, but like Tampa or like Kansas city, I think it's going to be a team that's like locked in, like that they're running for the super bowl, super bowl or bust, you know, now green Bay could be thrown into that mixture too. Um, but I think it's going to be something like that. And I could definitely see Tampa for the simple reason of like, it's a warm weather team. And I, I've heard, just to kind of piggyback off that one, quick to Bucks, um, not for sure on like a, a date, but I heard Antonio Brown's going to be out for even longer than they anticipated too. 
I don't know if it's a you know entire rest of the season kind of thing, but I, I did hear that uh, he's going to be out a bit longer than they thought. When you have an embarrassment of riches at a certain position, uh, you can afford to let one of those guys like sit out a little bit longer just to be safe, make sure we're all healthy for the playoff push. So good for the freaking Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> Um, other than that, I'm not sure because of that fact, I'm not sure. Like you said, you mentioned Tampa and of course, just that they were the free agent destination. They'll always be a free day, the destination as long as Brady's there, oh, but yeah. just looking, listening to reports and making sense of, uh, all of the teams, uh, currently in contention for the playoffs. Uh, it looked like there's about five teams that it was narrowed down to, um, the chiefs were one of them. Uh, I believe uh, the Seahawks had mentioned Pete Carroll said he was, we'll see We're you know, we're talking about it. And then uh, Packers and saints have been connected. Saints have been looking for a receiver. They're in contention for Deshaun Jackson. They need uh, it. Pack- Obviously the Packers have been linked to Odell, not seriously, but just like what if scenarios forever. And uh, right now the current reports that the Patriots are putting a full court press on Odell. Multiple sources, uh, NBC, ESPN, all over Twitter. Um, reports are that he's that they weren't his first choice, but they're definitely making the biggest push for him. He's still, I, if you believe one report, I believe it's Evan Massey on Twitter. He says Packers and Saints. He's waiting to hear from the Packers and Saints first, but New England has basically got an offer out for him. Wow. That would be, uh, I mean, good for them. They could use a legitimate receiver. I mean, if, if they had a legitimate receiver along with those tight ends and that revolving door of running backs yeah. that they always do. Exactly. It would be a, a pretty potent offense, in my opinion. Antonio it, Brown 2.0, though? I mean, you could say they're different people, Seth. You know, give people chances. One wasn't an alleged sex offender, but, you know, we'll, we don't have to get into that, allegedly. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, you're right. New England doesn't have a number one. They just gave all that money to Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. Uh, Jeremy's on the phones. He is on the phones. They're good. They're good wide receivers. Got to check on Owen's report real quick there. Sex offender, good. dang. Uh, whatever it was. Se- uh, sexual assault. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. Yeah, we know. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. Like, Odell could come in, be the number one, uh, or grow into Easily. It. Yeah, I feel like that, you know, not being an unbiased, of course, you know, I like big splashes happening in Green Bay all the time. Uh, I know we were talking about it. Seth, you were a little bit hesitant at the idea. I, uh, I am, you know, would I like to see a player of Odell's caliber on the Packers? 100% I would, because they don't have that. But like I mentioned to you before, pre-pod, as we like to call it. Um, I mean, Adams is the guy and he left the Browns because he wasn't getting fed enough or Baker wasn't hitting him when he was open, things like that, whatever it may be. He comes to green Bay. That ain't going to change. I mean, Rogers is going to hit him of course, but he's going to, you know, half a dozen targets tops kind of thing. I mean, you got Adams who's going to get 10 to 15 targets a game. And then you sprinkle him Lazard. MVS, Randall Cobb, Aaron Jones is right now your second leading receiver. You don't want to see him lose that because he's such a threat out of the backfield. I mean, there's only so many 
you know, only so many passes to go around, only so many shifts. Not, not to mention, I think we talked about it last week too, uh, uh, with the Packers Cardinals. We'll talk about Packers Chiefs, which was a different story, but Packers Cardinals and just how these the Packers aren't getting into a lot of points. Their stats haven't been piling up because of how efficient the offense has been, which means that target uh, targets to Green Bay. That's, you know, four targets in Green Bay is like six, seven in Cleveland, yeah. you know? So yep. the share is going to be a little different. Um, if that's, if he's like coming for, yeah, I see Darius Slay. Would you like to see him on the Eagles, Jeremy? Is that what you're trying to say? You know, honestly, so I just, this is probably the best point for me to butt in because for everything you guys are saying, why you would rather not have him is all the reasons why I probably wouldn't mind having him in Philly right now. Cause like, yeah, Devonta is, you know, he's looking like he's going to be the number one. He's growing um, into it, yeah. He's growing into the role. And he's also being kind of force-fed the ball by Hertz and the offense in general. Now we seem to kind of figure out how to run the damn ball, which has been nice. You know, most the dangerous player on the most dangerous player on the offense gets hurt, and then all of a sudden we go. Let's hey, not talk about these them. Eagles running backs, okay? But what I'll <laughs> I'm say, sick of it. What I'll say is OBJ would probably fit in in Philly um, really fast. Uh, my only concern there would be is like, you don't want to bring this locker room cancer in. Cause like the season we're going to look like if we make the playoffs, we're going to squeak it like barely just for the simple fact that there's an extra team in, there's an extra week in the season. There's a lot of shitty teams in the East. Like that's why it's looking like we could squeak in. Um, could Odell change things up for us? Yeah, definitely. I just don't know. Like, I'm not saying he's a bad guy, you know, it's just, it's almost kind of a T.O.-esque thing, you know, it's a lot of uh, drama that you're kind of bringing to your locker room. They're not bad people though. I mean, it's not like they're, you know, for instance, driving cars in the back of other cars, you know, and shooting people off, uh, out on the, uh, you know, off the field, but I don't know. I would probably take them simply for the fact of, yeah, it's a, it's a huge upgrade for the Eagles. I mean, I mean, hundred percent. Yeah. There's that enough. Would be... Oh, we're, you know what, Seth? After you. You know what? Since you're both interrupting yourself, I just want to throw one more thing in. <laughs> How we would probably pull this off with like a one, two year contract too, which I would not hate then, no matter what kind of come of it. But uh, would I take Odell on two year kind of make break deal? Yeah, I probably would. As an Eagles fan, I'd, I'd be all over that. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's plenty of locker room cancers in the Philadelphia area, metro area. So I don't know. Well, you don't think we're talking oh, NFL, are we, Owen? Oh, you don't well, want to talk I about Ben Simmons? I don't Simmons? think we're talking yeah, right, right. that guy doesn't even show up anyways. <laughs> Pile of crap. Anyways. Anyway, yes. Owen, I I don't know if I got an official uh, prediction. Prediction. I heard I heard Saints, Packers, Patriots sound like the top destinations apparently, but never got an official. Where I you will, think he'll that, land by tomorrow or Thursday. Yeah, so that, was, that seems to be what's being reported. But uh, I heard like a dark dark horse team is one of those West teams, NFC West, Cardinals or Seahawks. Hawks, yeah. Cardinals, huh? And Hawks, I, I've sure. seen I've stuff about the Cardinals, and I guess in my head makes a ton of sense i mean we throw him in on that offense you know those could have been wide receivers one two and three of the year 2015 right there 
Yep. The thing about it is at least you got Kyler who can get the ball to him all. That's you know? what, okay. So here's what I'll go. I will, you know, we talked about it. I kind of talked myself into New England probably being the, uh, a pretty decent situation. Uh, again, we talked about Packers. I'm, I, I would, I'm a fan, so I would like to see him on the team. I'd like to see how that goes. But, uh, you know, Patriots make a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, Patriots do. Honestly, that would probably be the most sense, I would say, um, just because he would be the immediate number one guy. Um, he'll get what he wants and probably a legitimate playoff contender at this point. So, all right. we Real quickly before we jump into recap, Two, two sentences, 30 seconds, Deshaun Jackson to the Raiders. How much of an impact does that actually make? It's basically filling Henry Ruggs' position with a guy that's going to play 35% of the snaps for the rest of the year, if not less. He's probably, a better deep threat. Yeah, probably due for an injury somewhere in there. That's just how his seasons have gone. Not even like a bad thing, but that's some, just like. Oh, and it'll be some random nagging hamstring injury that'll hold him out. For the yeah. rest of the season, basically. Yeah. I mean, that's just how his seasons have went, you know, really ever since. And that's the Raiders season, too, because didn't they just lose the cornerback, too, now? They did. Yeah. They lost Arnett to another off-the-field uh, issues. The Raiders are just plucking them good this time. They're, yeah, imploding right now. Makes yeah. you know, it makes you wonder, like, Hugs, Ruggs wasn't known for being a bad guy, but how much of this is kind of falling back on Mayock, you know? Like, hey, how many chances you – but, I mean, the Bengals and the Cowboys have been known for doing that for the last 10 years. So, Well, you know what they say, what happens in Vegas? I mean, does not stay in Vegas when you're <laughs> attached to the football team. True. True. All right. Let's get into the – what are we calling this, Owen? The fastest 60 minutes, 30, 45 <laughs> minutes? What are we calling this? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know if anyone wants that. I mean, as good of a jingle as it is, we don't need to be having that for 60 minutes straight. <laughs> but that's a good, you know, it's a good working title. Fastest, the fastest 60 minutes. Yeah, all right. Sounds good. All right, let's start. We're, we want to start with the Packers? Or yeah, do we'll we... start with the Packers. Okay, let's start with the Packers. Okay, Owen. I mean, to me, it comes down to one thing. I have many thoughts on this game, Uh, many thoughts on Jordan Love. I don't want to overreact too much like I did on Sunday. But Mm. ultimately, to me, this game came down to uh, if Aaron Rodgers plays, they probably win by two to three touchdowns. Pretty pretty easily. You can point to a lot of things. Uh, That's number one obviously and probably one of the bigger reasons that he was such a hot topic for the week is just how much different this team is obviously they made the jordan love pick based off of this where you don't want the packers to be dead when rogers isn't playing and they in some respects they weren't but it had nothing to do with the offense or special teams it was all defense this game it was what uh 13 to you know if you we knew this game was happening last year. Rodgers versus Mahomes, slated to be a huge heavyweight fight, uh, America's game of the week. We get down to it. The Kansas City Chiefs are broken. They remain broken, even in a they win. They did, yes. And, you know, Rodgers doesn't even play. The game, the score ends up being 13-7, to 7, about a quarter of the total score we thought it could be. 
<laughs> yeah. When we first heard about this matchup. So uh, quite the change. Jordan Love, obviously the story. So people are disappointed in him. He got clowned a little bit for sucking. I definitely didn't have many expectations. I was just excited to see him play. And it definitely took until about the, the last five minutes or so to really see him do some work. Yeah. And for that, I was appreciative. Uh, but yeah, easily. Rodgers is in this game. We win by two scores. Uh, I, I got to I gotta stop saying we. This is a completely unbiased podcast. Uh, <laughs> but As a Packers fan. As a Packers fan. And then again... You know, maybe if we if uh, the Packers didn't cut their long snapper last week, maybe yeah. those field goals go in. Where did that come out of? Hunter Bradley has been the long snapper for many years now. And you wouldn't think this was the story, but it ended up being whatever it was, the snapper, to holder, to kicker. Uh, I mean, it was a six-point difference, and they missed two field goals, so you could make that the story. You can absolutely make that the story. And plus, just special teams in general. Uh, they, were, they were out in punting with 10 guys. They were uh, uh, two muff punts. One ended up in the Chiefs' hands. Could you? That got them a, a, a field goal. Could you, uh, could you call that karma almost for what happened uh, two weeks ago against the Cardinals when it goes off the guy's fingertip and then uh, we, we get the ball at like the 10-yard line and then it happened to us on Sunday? It was terrible. Yeah, it was truly terrible that it just hits Malik Taylor's foot. Uh, it was kind of, I don't know. And I still, that one I blame on Amari Rogers as well. Yeah. Oh, it's all Amari Rogers' fault for not waving was, everybody off or fair catching so far, it. Yeah, he was just way far off of where the ball was actually going. Yeah. That no one knew where, you know. where It, it seems like no he one has no idea what he's doing back there. Because he muffed it's, the punt earlier in the game, like you mentioned. We were lucky enough to get back on it. But he just kind of looks lost back there in the punt return game, at least. Two games in a row where he kind of had a little bit uh, – he's, he's under the microscope. Because last week against the Cardinals, he made some mistakes. He had a couple runs, a couple plays that were nice, but uh, got yelled at by Rodgers a bit. And then this week, yeah. enough punts. Like, it was, it was disappointing. It hurt. It hurt to see Mahomes just make a first down and, like, pump. One play. You know, get get One really pumped. One play up. by Mahomes. That was that was about all there was. <laughs> I truly frustrating. This game was so frustrating on multiple levels. Just to kind of wrap it up on my end, at least as a Packers fan, I, I mean, as a football fan, you you have to be disappointed in this game because, like you said, it was going to be Mahomes, Rogers, just this big juggernaut heavyweight battle. You know, forty-five to fifty kind of score, and then, like you said, Mahomes and that Chiefs offense. I mean, honestly, I don't know which offense looked worse, the Packers or the Chiefs, but I think that says a lot on the Chiefs this year because their offense – I mean, the Packers outgained them yards, time of possession, things like that. Really, the only thing they lost was the turnover battle, and uh, which cost them the game. But otherwise, the Packers outgained them. More first downs, rushing yards, all that stuff. I mean, overall, you look at the numbers, the Packers were more impressive. I mean, you watch the game obviously not um but yeah i i'm impressed with the defense as well i mean they played their absolute butts off i mean how they how they shut down mahomes and kelsey and and hill too 
I mean, it, an impressive performance that makes me encourage me is me for the rest of the year uh, that when Rogers does come back, that this might be the best team in the NFL with Rogers under center. You know, Seth, I just wanted to jump in real quick. The one thing I was going to say is the Packers defense giving up 13 points to any offense is like, that's a feat, you know? Um, and wasn't it just, it's the one touchdown to Kelsey right off the bat in the game is pretty much it. Yeah. That was, they had the yeah. one good drive at the, in the first quarter. Yep. Yeah. But uh, I mean, other than that, I mean, you look just at the numbers, Tyreek Hill had 11 targets and he only went four for 37. Like you guys actually kind of kept them in check. And I didn't was, realize as I'm looking through this, Jarek McKinnon's back. The guy's finally back in the field. Yeah. Um, we, uh, that was Russell Douglas, Jeremy. I was going to say Eric Stokes got hurt in pregame warmups. The one guy who we talked about being the only guy on the team fast enough to cover Hill or yeah. even have a chance. And then Razul Douglas comes Didn't out. Matter. But if you play, that's the thing is like, especially the guy with like Razul, um, if you play a good press three bail zone, Douglas is going to be a stud. Um, what killed him in Philly when we drafted him out of West Virginia is we were just constantly like, yeah, we're just going to press man, press man, press man. And uh, Razul's not that fast. He does not have long speed. He's not a twitchy cornerback. Um, but if you give him that press three bail where he can take off and just like kind of make it up with his own zone coverage, he's fine. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, goes to show what he held in check with, uh, with Hill. But yeah. I remember that getting toasted against Kelvin Johnson just in one-on-one man coverage. And it was just like, what the fuck are you doing? But um, most guys did. Most guys did. Well, that's, against Kelvin Johnson. you know, since, since the passing of Jim Johnson, you know, RIP since then the Eagles defensive coordinators have been like, honestly, about as smart as a box of rocks, Jim sports being like the one shiny rock. Um, but no, that's, that's pretty much it. So it's like, no, it's nice to see a guy like that do good. It's nice to see him on a good, uh, a winning team. Cause uh Azul's a good player. Like his only weakness would be his long speed. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Otherwise, Owen, are you ultimately, I mean, encouraged by this? I mean, it's a loss and you hate to see a loss, but. So the main point uh, for Jordan Love is obviously like we didn't see something to be like, oh, wow, I'm really excited for the future. You know, obviously well, there needs to be a lot more there, but uh, just this season, just considering how well the defense did, uh, as long as something gets figured out in the special teams and I don't have to have see that every week, um, pair yeah, that defense, pair, pair the best defensive showing that they've had and probably, you know, since the Smith brothers arrived in green Bay, um, pair that with returning MVP, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, come on. Have yeah. yeah. If you guys can, if you guys can keep that up on defense, I mean, Oh, and like you said right off the bat, a broken Chiefs offense. But, like, if you guys can keep that up, I mean, broken or not, there's a lot of talent on that team, you know? Yes. 100%. You get Tyreek Hill running open once on a on a slant route. I mean, he's going to take it to the house and have 100 yards right there, bang, you know? Right. But, no, that, that was impressive for the defense. Yep. Yep. So, Especially I'm encouraged. in a game with, like, what you guys just said, nothing was going right elsewhere, special teams, Jordan Love, everything. No, that's uh, that's impressive. And they went, and then the other note I had too was they went away from AJ Dillon too early again. Yeah, like they just they fell victim. They were down thirteen to nothing. They just started pressing. But that I mean, was AJ that Dillon was, was that's a more of a Matt Lafleur thing than anybody and he, else. And he owned it. He owned yeah. it really. Yep. 
but still. Nick Sirianni does that in Philadelphia where he just goes, Hey, we have, we have running backs. Yeah. What is what, that? Does do, does Philly have running backs, Jeremy? Because I don't want to talk about apparently. That. Hey, apparently uh, are we, do, should we just run right into Philly? Hey, hey that's a good I'm segue. Here. You know, um, it's let me, let me just let me just introduce it, Jeremy, bang, real bang, quick. They uh, the Chargers and the Philadelphia Eagles, a much more entertaining game than the Packers Chiefs game. Um, but ultimately, uh, the Philly Philadelphia Eagles go down the end of the game, Chargers come out last second field goal to win it 27 24, but otherwise, an exciting game. They played tough, they did. They did. You know, let me – the offense played tough. I got to bring up a okay. stat real quick. Um, the offense played very well. Jalen did really what, what we needed Jalen to do. Uh, Devonta has the first 100-yard game. Um, he has a touchdown. He also was missed on a touchdown. Goddard was missed on a touchdown. But um, once again, the defense was absolutely putrid. Um, I had a screenshot, and now I can't find it. Every time when I need him, they're not there. The Eagles have now we're on pace to like the the passer rating against our defense for the season is absurd. Like we're gonna obliterate the record. Like and it's like the worst ever, right? Oh, here it is. So can't stop these top quarterbacks. Going back to Derek Carr. So 31 for 34. Tom Brady, 34 for 42. Pat Mahomes 24 for 30. And that often sucks right now. Uh Dak Prescott 21 for 26. And then Herbert, 32 for 38, 356, 9.4 yards of, uh, attempt, two touchdowns, no picks, and 123.2 rating. This defense, like, and what's so crazy about it is there's talent all over the defense, but Jonathan Gannon, man, like, I don't know what it is. I, and like, I hate to blame it all on him because it's like his, if this is the scheme he wants to run, Howie Roseman's going to have to help him build it over the next few, few years, but it's just like, the thing the Eagles often like the thing Syriana preached all all offseason was to play to his players' strengths, and they have not been doing that on on defense whatsoever. Now with this game, do these two guys sway this game three points? Probably, um, but I don't know. We lost uh, Avante Maddox early in the game. He's been playing. He's our nickel corner, and he's been having a hell of a year. And I mean, just going back to when we drafted him out of Pitt, like good player, like plays very well. Uh, Darius Slay, he went down early in the game. We just got Harris back. Um, and then, I mean, Derek Barnett is just simply probably the dumbest motherfucker in the league. That guy's got one sack this year and I think eight PI penalties. Like, it's just – it's Yikes. nuts, dude. Like, it's just Yikes. nuts. Um, the, uh, I'll just kind of stick on the defense. We've been starting TJ Edwards out of Wisconsin. Um, we just cut – so we cut Eric Wilson, right? Just the guy was always late to the ball and just not a good tackler. It's a little different than when we've got uh, Alex Singleton, who's he's late to the ball, but he actually makes the tackle. You know, I'll give him that. So now we're finally going with linebackers that we drafted a few years ago, uh, Davion Taylor and TJ Edwards. And I mean, they were the two playmakers. Davion Taylor had a big tackle for a loss. Uh, they both combined for over. I mean, I think they had combined probably 15 tackles, um, but it was just like, if we keep everybody in all game on defense, we I think honestly we might win this game. Um, but it's it's a step in the right direction. You're never really happy happy with a loss, but with the way the Eagles' offense has been looking the last few weeks, 
to to see the rushing stats come out of this game. Jordan Howard looking like his 2016 self, 17 for 71 and a touchdown. Boston Scott, 10 for 40. And then you've got Kenny Gainwell had a touchdown, only two carries, but a touchdown. And then Hertz has 10 carries for 62. And I mean, Hertz, it's not passing numbers that's going to just win a game by itself, but it's it's steps in the right direction. 11 for 17, 162 and a touchdown. Um, and like I said, Devonta, he had five for 116 and a touchdown. He should have had two touchdowns, but uh, Jalen overthrew him in, on a play, and then it ended up being a, a three-point, you know, drive instead. Dallas Goddard was missed on a touchdown too, but um, kind of to go back to the OBJ news, like we could use one more guy. Um, Quez is the guy that's kind of he's talented, but it's not been put out on the field quite yet. Jalen Rager, like one catch for negative six yards. Like, I don't even know. Like that, those I, are, I don't know. What, great stats. I don't know what we're doing with this guy anymore. Um, I'll give him this. At least he, at least he plays Ben Simmons. Don't even do that. Right on. Um, damn. My thing, my thing is like the offensive line looked pretty damn good. Other than a early uh, Dris, Driscoll had a bad play early. There's been a lot happening in the last two weeks where it's like, okay, we've got, we've got stuff moving forward. Cause that's, Honestly, if we make the playoffs this year, great. That's freaking awesome, right? If we somehow sneak and win the East, great. That's freaking awesome. I'll be super excited. But uh, I'm kind of looking at I'm, – I'm long view looking at the Eagles now to where it's like who's going to be on this team in the next year to two to three to four to five. Um, I think we've got lots of depth on the offensive line that's going to move forward. Devonta Smith, like I said before, this dude's looking like a real number one. Um the running back situation is just so funny because it's like now we run the ball when, you know, Miles is out. But um, not to say I'm happy with an L, but, like, we looked good in it for the most part. Um, but when you watch the Eagles, it's like, who's calling this defense? You know, like, Gannon, what are you doing? And uh, I'll back the guy up a little bit. Like I said, Howie Roseman is not known for drafting defenders. Like, he, he pretty much – he tries to buy his secondary players and he just drafts linemen early in the draft. And that goes to offensive defense. He kind of got that from Andy Reid. Andy Reid put all of his assets into the offensive line and it would commonly buy his, his secondary. Um, and we're trying to do that, and it's not panning out this year. It has panned out in the past. I mean, when we won the Super Bowl, we signed Jenkins. We signed uh, – I just forgot the nickel corners. Most of that secondary was signed, right? And Chris Long was the only guy not drafted, and it was like, hey, it panned out for us, right? Um, the trouble is with a defensive like this, you got to have linebackers and we, we just don't, we just don't have linebackers. And uh, you know, for, for how good Herbert's numbers were, he didn't really win them the game. Um, it was just kind of, uh, I mean, he had pretty gaudy numbers, but it wasn't, it never, it never felt in this game. Like Herbert was just kind of taken over, you know, it from an outside non-Eagles perspective here it looks like this offense is just a lot more effective and balanced and, you know, just seems like more consistent offense when they're running the ball like they have. I mean, like two weeks ago, you know, they ran the ball five times and then last week out of nowhere, they run the ball for like 30 times for 200 and some yards. And then they do something You're very talking similar. About the Eagles? Yeah. Yeah. Last week. Seth, I mean, the, yep. The one thing I'll say is it's almost like, um, they're trying to take like an early Lamar Jackson approach to the, what the Ravens used to do. It's just not the actual, like we're not running like the pistol formations. We're still doing RPOs and stuff, but I mean, I think that's like the offense you got to try to do with Jalen. If you actually want to be full in on Jalen, 
that's the type of offense you got to do right now. Now, Jalen's going to have to progress as a passer. I mean, it's hard to do that midseason, but um, I think the guy's got the arm to do it. It's just going to be this offseason. He's got to, this guy's got to hone in on his accuracy. But I think if they really want to do something on offense, you got to keep running the ball. I mean, like I said on previous pods, he was – I mean, his usage rate was higher than anybody else in the league, you know, yep. just nuts. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, when you do that with Lamar, it's one thing not to just jump outside of this game, but, like, when you look at Lamar, you can do that with him. I mean, look what he did to the Vikings. He threw for more yards than Kirk, and he ran for more yards than Delvin Cook. Like, Lamar is a former MVP, former Heisman. You know what I mean? So, but no, I think as far as Eagles moving forward, I would. that's the offense I would roll with this the rest of this year. And then uh, just the offseason, you got to do a deep dive as far as, like, that defense because it's atrocious. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, to me, at least that offense is loaded with potential. I mean, like you mentioned, Smith, Goddard. I mean, Miles Sanders well, still there. Jalen Hurts. I mean, it, it's loaded with potential to be a good high-flying offense. It's just not there yet. Yeah, it's going to take so, the right guy as far as Sirianni or or Sirianni and Hurts both clicking to really take it to the next level. Which, like I said, is a big question mark. But it's the last few weeks have been a step, a couple steps in the right direction. Jeremy, I just like seeing him running for 30 plus times in the game. That's what gets me going. That's a, that's a Jordan. Yeah. Jordan Howard, the emergence of freaking Jordan Howard after Boston Scott and Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell were not good enough. We have reverted to Jordan Howard, but whatever gets the Eagles to run the ball, I guess that's a positive. Um, what was your take? Exactly. What was your take on Justin Herbert and the chargers? Because Herbert ended up being uh, a top five fantasy scorer. For the week, it uh, looks like he went 32 of 38 for 356 yards, two touchdowns, also ran one in. So that's what I was going to say is, like, his numbers are, like, they're not gaudy in the sense of, like, touchdowns passing. I mean, Mahomes and Dak, like, they had, like, four and five on us, right? So right. giving up two touchdowns through the air is not, like, that detrimental. And the dudes that he threw it to, like, are not guys he throws it to normally. The rushing touchdown, kind of killer, but, I mean, you're going to have that every now and then with a running back or a quarterback. But the, just the sheer – the completion percentage and the sheer amount of yards is kind of what's glaring to me. Um, you know, three anytime somebody throws for 350-plus yards and anytime you're only – you know, he only incompleted six passes. That's pretty yeah. bad. You know, that's, like, really bad. Um, and it wasn't all like it was short yardage. Like, he was pushing no. it downfield. Now, what I will say, Owen – to that point, he was pushing it downfield. Now, there was no big Mike Williams catch, which was nice to see, but there was a ton of Keenan Allen. I mean, that guy yeah, ended up coming so over much. 12 for 104. I mean, yeah, yeah. average, average, uh, I think it was like five to eight yards for depth of, depth of reception. So, like, that's not short yardage, and but now, it's like, you know, it's just in front of the first down marker usually. No, and uh, Jared Cook had a, you know, a Jared Cook type game. Um, that's not surprising. I mean, the Eagles, we've done a fair job of covering linebackers. I mean, just losing Eric Wilson, just cutting him. I mean, you were you should expect to have a little bit of a give up on that. Now the Keenan Allen, I'm not gonna say that's gonna totally go away because Keenan Allen's one of the best route runners in the league, but Devontae Maddox would have been the guy on him in the slot, and that would have helped. Um, Darius Slate would have helped with that as well. So they got a blitz. I mean, it's simply like <laughs> There's no way that you keep rolling into these games and getting just shredded like this through the air. 
and just think you can just man up like this or, you know, line up this way and not blitz anybody. You can't pressure four constantly when you don't have four studs or three studs. And we don't. We've got yeah. one guy having a stud here. We got one guy that's been a bona fide stud, but he's not now. And then our edge rushers are unproven. You know, so just, it's like, yeah, you guys, Mix it up. You guys be creative. I mean, that's like, that's your job. Like, it's, yes, it's hard to do in the NFL, but there's 32 jobs that are designed for you to be creative on defense. You have one of those jobs. Be creative. And Jonathan Gannon is not doing that. And uh, now it came out, I don't remember if it was last week or the week before, but uh, there was a quote that came out from one of the teams we played that said that the Eagles defense is the most cookie cutter defensive scheme they've ever faced. <laughs> and I just, I'm just sitting there like, not surprised, man. Not Roast surprised. Kid. And it was, you know, what's so crazy is it takes me back to, like I said, Jim Johnson was the last time we had a great defensive coordinator. The guy after that was Juan Castillo. Do you guys remember who Juan Castillo is? Yeah. Wasn't he like he was an, an offensive... offensive line coach? Yeah. And Andrew goes, that's my defensive coordinator. And then after that, you know, we had, a, you know, we had Sean McDermott, who's probably the next best um, as far as potential wise. I wish we'd have probably hired him as coach years ago, but I mean, we got Doug and won a Super Bowl instead. Um, but I mean, Gannon came in as kind of what everybody thought was the next big thing for a defensive coordinator. And he looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's making Jim Schwartz all those years look pretty good. Now, like I said, I'll give him a little bit of credit because ultimately the issue with this this roster is Howie Roseman. Like that's simply what it is. But um, no, it uh, I'm kind of watching it with like a <laughs> the silver lining is like what you said, Seth. There is looking to be some young talent on the offense. Um, but this defense, like if we have if we have three first round draft picks next year. I want all three of them to be on defenders. Like, makes sense. I would have been so makes sense to do. This is so crazy to say, but like, I wouldn't trade Devonta for the world. But I actually like really wanted the Eagles to take Patrick Sertan. But um, I mean, it's it's what it is now. But I mean, well, really now you got plenty. You got plenty of uh, options coming in here in the next draft. Yeah, Derek Stingley. What do you think about that? I was going to say, any of these guys coming in, I would gladly take because I imagine Steven Nelson is not going to be – he's on a one-year contract. Yeah, Slay's you don't want him around. Not, Slay's, Slay's old. I mean, he's not hes not old, but he's not young. You know, Avante Maddox, he's a nickel guy, you know. But, I mean, Rodney McLeod's pretty old. Anthony Harris won't be back next year. So, I mean, we need all three levels. I mean, we need guys. So, we need linebackers for sure. That's like no joke. I would whoever the best guy out of Alabama is draft his ass. That's that's uh-huh. what I want. Dude, that's going to hit people and change change games. You know, change plays. All right. Good breakdown of the Eagles as always. We needed that after a two week hiatus or one week. I guess it's been two weeks since. All right, but I think it's time we run through the rest of these games. There's a few other games to discuss, of course. So why don't we start Thursday night between the Colts and the Jets? I think what probably the highest scoring game of this weekend, huh? Colts 45, Jets 30. I mean, started off strong, really did. A Colt 45, did you say Colt huh? 45, two zigzag, baby, something that's like all that. I need. A couple, of the, I'm sure there was a few zigzags in there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so of course Seth would say that. God damn it, Seth. Old Uncle Seth. Hey, just just trying to keep it fresh, all right? Hey. <laughs> you know. Anyways. So. Back to the game. So, 45-30, like you said, Colts win. Um, the Jets weren't in this game at all. 
Um, actually, you know what? I take that back. The Jets were in this for Mike White to throw a touchdown, who's looking like probably their best quarterback on their team. Well, and then as soon as he got hurt with the hand injury, they weren't in the game the rest of the game. The rest of it was all garbage points late. Owen was live reacting to Mike White getting injured and then Jalen Jalen Johnson, right? No. Is that Josh right? Johnson. Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson, Seth, who's been playing in the NFL since he was, what, drafted by the, the Buccaneers in, like, the 2006? Bucks, like, yes. He's yeah, 35 he's been, years old. Yeah. Yeah. I think he bounced around the, the, the CFL or AFL or something like that. I think the XFL too at one point. That's what well. maybe that's what I meant. And he's, he's been everywhere. All the you say Josh yeah. Johnson ends up well, okay. Number one, we found out that Zach Wilson is the third best quarterback on the team right now. Number two, yikes. Okay. Josh Johnson. Now, Mike White, you know, he started off strong. He got hurt. Josh Johnson ends up being the seventh best fantasy scorer on the, on the week. Wow. 300 plus yards, three touchdowns, throws a pick. Jeremy mentioned a lot of it was garbage time, but Hey, that's performance on a Thursday night. Hey, That was Jalen hurts for most of the first half of the season. You know, the one thing I'll add to that Owen is Josh Johnson, even in his older, you know, age, that dude can probably still run. I mean, that guy could fly when he was young. He was like Randall Cunningham type, you know, big gummy yeah. type player. I mean, he did all that without running at all. Like if this yeah. guy starts taking off and running the next time he plays, he could he can do more than that. Talk about top 10 fantasy scorers. Uh, Elijah Moore just outside the top 10. Just he had his performance. I think I think he was hurt a little bit in the first. Yeah, the something like that. He was kind of bouncing in and out. But once yeah. he came in and stayed in, whew. he was meant to be a, the, the future pairing with uh, Zach Wilson going forward. But this was his coming out party. He gets two touchdowns. 84 yards just outside the top 10. But Jonathan Taylor continues. I mean, we all thought Derrick Henry was good. We now know that he was a cancer to the Tennessee Titans and holding them back. Jonathan Taylor is the opposite. Is that what we're saying? Jonathan Taylor is the best player in the universe. Oh. <laughs> These are some hot takes tonight, guys. Woo. All right. Here we go. Well, Derrick Henry had a hot streak going. JT continues his hot streak and still below 20 carries. I'm not sure he had, has had tw- more than 20 carries in the past four weeks when he has been popping off. 172 yards, including that big, I think it was a 78-yarder. It was a big one. For a touchdown. Huge, huge, huge. Oh, and you're right. He has not hit 20 carries yet. 19 was his highest this year. That's so crazy to me because uh, Henry was routinely getting 20 to 30 carries. I think if you, you say their... uh, Derrick Henry's overrated and Jonathan Taylor's the best running back in the league. Well, okay. Seth, let's not go that far. I'm not saying. Oh that yeah. Okay. Things. Yeah. Derrick Henry's <laughs> a cancer, but let's not go that far. I don't know. I don't see any problem with that. No. If you compare, even before this game, if you compare their stats and, uh, Jonathan Taylor had like 300 less yards on the season, but also half the carries that Derrick Henry had. If you matched up his carries, Jonathan Taylor was on, you know, he had 1300 yards. He would have had 1300 yeah, yards. Yeah, but one of these guys has a decent quarterback. The other one doesn't. Which one are we talking about? I'm actually not sure which one we're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> I mean, Carson Wentz looked like the better quarterback on, well, I, get, I can't say Sunday, but this past week, because uh, he put up some big numbers too. Carson also, Winston. the eighth, eighth or number eight fantasy scorer on the eighth league. wonder in the world. Bingo. 
man, what a what a week for the Colts. They're yeah, just riding is, high. This is what I'll say right now. Carson does this. He'll beat up on the lowly teams, and then when it comes to be games that you got to win, dude doesn't even get off. He doesn't even get off the bus. He doesn't get off the away bus on a home game. That's what I'm telling you guys. If this was if this was against if this was against the Titans, he's probably throwing three picks, no touchdowns. Well, then they just play. The, they just lost to the Titans, right in overtime. Yep. There's a week, and then he looked. He looked. He had those two ter- probably the worst two interceptions on the year. So should have right. been three, Owen, but one was considered a, a fumble. Well, that's true. Well, that'll but, be a nice rematch when they uh, when they come back around. Uh, that'll be I'll a good my, one. I'll put my I'll put my money on uh, the Adrian Peterson led uh, Titans. Yeah, yeah, I mean, since Derrick Henry's gone now, they're a much better team for sure. Oh my god! Yeah, oh my exactly. god! We all know. Do you yeah. want? I mean, we're transitioning into the Titans. Hey, we don't all know that because I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> you know what, Owen? You're right. Let's let's transition into the Titans. Maybe uh, maybe the best team in the league, even without Derrick Henry. Uh, they beat the Rams twenty eight to sixteen thanks to that defense. Really, just an absolute showing by uh, Titans defense, which was an embarrassment last year. Uh, has balled out really so far this year. I mean, what a difference. I, I'm not Big sure time. what it is, but just, I guess Jadavian J- Clowney, Adoree Jackson aren't on the team anymore. We're not questioning injuries. That's probably why, right? Big time. I mean, you got Jeffrey Simmons, Kevin Byard, just can routinely making plays. Let's they, be real. Kevin Byard is probably a top three safety at this point. We were that talking about – yeah, we kind of he was really good in his first couple of years. We kind of stopped talking about him, started talking about guys like Justin Simmons and Jesse Bates. Kevin Byard, definitely probably the most underrated uh, of, of the group right now and definitely belongs in the conversation. Just I just like, want to make a comment. I want to make a comment on Kevin Byard. That dude is like a guy. He's like Earl. That dude is a guy. He's like Earl, but he doesn't have a top three defense that he's playing around. If he was playing on that Seattle defense like Earl was, a lot more publicity than he's getting now. Because he's good, and he makes similar type plays. And he's rangy, too. He's undersized, but he's rangy. It reminds me a lot of Earl, Earl Thomas. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I would would say. Honestly, I'd say if the Titans Titans were a top-five defense, he'd get way more recognition, just like Earl did. And I think this most of this happened in the second quarter. Uh, Tennessee put on 21 points basically because of the – Terrible decisions that Stafford ended up making. I had no idea what Stafford was doing on Sunday night. That's really. my MVP, Stafford. Just ended up with his one bad game, but uh, really they could. The Rams just couldn't recover from that. It was too much of a hole. Yep. Yeah, it really was. I mean, you you look at the Titans' offensive numbers, not impressive at all. I mean, Tannehill goes nineteen for twenty-seven, one forty-three, and a touchdown. And then combined, what's that? Touchdown and a pick. Oh, yeah, and the pick, yeah, yeah, with a rating of less than 80. And then combined rushing is 26 for 69 and two touchdowns. So not impressive numbers by the offense. It was all defense by this tight Peterson, he ended up in the he ended up in the end zone. Oh, you're That's right. Uh, Adrian Peterson had that one-yard carry for, uh, for a touchdown. Oof. Owen, Give it Owen to you beat me to it because I was, I was going to say Tannehill had a rushing touchdown and Peterson got – Literally, they just put him in for that situation just to give it to him. Um, when you watch the game, uh, Jeremy McNichols and Devonta Foreman, like those guys looked a lot more impressive than Peterson. 
Yeah. Peterson, when I was watching, I thought to myself, like, he doesn't he doesn't have it anymore. Like he really don't. It'll be a nice rotation. I'm sure that they'll do between these guys. Um yeah. Adrian I think Peterson. It's overkill with Peterson, honestly. I really it do. was. I think- yeah. I, I don't know if they were trying to milk out any magic they could from him, but it was like you said, evident that uh Foreman and McNichols were that much better. So I'm assuming that Adrian Peterson will probably be phased out. I mean, he might get some of the goal line carries, but you would think Foreman would be that because he's the big guy. Um, Foreman's a big bat. He's he what is. is he? Out of, he's out of Texas, right? Yeah. Yep. Two, almost say, 240 pretty much. He's a big guy. Uh, yeah. He was yep. fast too. When he came out of Texas, everybody was comparing him to uh, Earl Campbell and Ricky Williams. Never really panned out with the Texans. But um, I mean, that guy's got all the talent in the world. Yeah. I mean, he's averaging that guy's six carry. And McNichols is a hell of a, like, a third catcher. down back. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I think I think Peterson is he's overkill there. I think it should just be the two of them. That's just I think me. yeah, it should be the Foreman and McNichols kind of trade off, and then having Peterson as a backup that knows how to play in the NFL kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks like they're starting to figure out their identity. Um, AJ Brown, he he had the targets, but he definitely didn't get like the work, and I think you know that was based off Jalen Ramsey kind of locking him up a little bit. Um, but he was still. Lock- Go ahead. Go ahead. You want to say it? I know you want to say it. I don't know if I'd quite just say locking him up because uh, a lot has came out about that in AJ Brown's comments afterwards. A little bit of that stuff that Ramsey was pulling was crossing the line. Okay. All right. That was my opinion. Don't get me wrong. Ramsey's a hell of a cornerback. I would still say he's the number one cornerback in the league. Now, I think if this game happens again, I think AJ Brown definitely gets the better of him. But, uh, I just don't think AJ Brown was ready for all that heat. Yeah, maybe a little bit. But then you and then you look on the on the flip side. Uh, Von Miller didn't play. He's still dealing with an injury. They elected to stay safe. They're going to give him another week. Uh, so look to see that new and improved Rams defense in action next week. I thought you were going to um, say new and improved Titans offense. Oh, well, also that next week because this again this is like it's hard to pull anything from this game because the defense just made those huge huge plays in the second quarter and then like we didn't really get a clear sense of either team going into the second half really yeah all right let's jump into another game that we had didn't think was even going to be possible uh the jacksonville jaguars somehow come away with a win with only nine points on the board can you believe that against the Buffalo Bills, who previously, I'm sure not anymore, previously were the highest scoring team in the league? I'm sure not anymore after they scored a measly six points and uh, the Jaguars put up nine. Two, two and six now the Jaguars are, and the Bills are five and three, just above the Pats. What do we make of Josh Allen just dominating Josh Allen on Sunday? So, go ahead, Owen. All right, fine. We're see Jeremy has been gone, you know, a little bit in the past couple of weeks. We're still working back on our chemistry. You know, I only want to punch him in the face a little bit. Owen's when he talks just so over excited me. that Seth, when you tee him off, Owen's like, oh, it's just, it's just all me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what, Owen? I'm going to interrupt you. No, to hell Jesus with this Christ. I just want to pop off with Josh <laughs> Allen's stats. That's it. Josh Allen intercepted Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Fumble recovered, Josh Allen. Josh Allen sacks Josh Allen. And Josh Allen also tackled Josh Allen. 
Wild. Josh Allen might have been the best player on the field on Sunday. He, yeah, Josh he Allen was the best player on the field Legitimately Sunday. was, and not the one we were thinking. Um, the MVP candidate does not show out in the Josh Allen Bowl. Um, this game ends in a walk-off punt. That's always fun to see. You don't get to see that much. Just yeah. ends. Like, nobody's back there to return it. He dropped – the punter drops the ball right before the goal line. <clears throat> yep. And then that's the end of the game. It was like, yep. wow, Urban Meyer did it. Urban Meyer might have, might be up for coach of the year after this game. Just Wouldn't imagine. Go that far, bud. Jaguars can just – what if they just win the next eight games? What, what happens then? They're, they'd be 10-6, and six, so you're missing out on a game. You're, you know, you're hitting us with quite the what if there. <laughs> what if? Saying, they're, on, they're in a one-game hot streak hey. against what we perceive to be the class of the AFC, which is certainly – well, again, probably another game where it's like you can't really pull much from the Bills. Obviously, they have to figure it out. Uh, Zach Moss gets hurt early in this game. The rushing attack definitely suffers. Uh Singletary after that only ended up with six carries. Um, it was just a weird offensive showing, and like the defense didn't play that bad. There's another thing is like you held a team to nine points. It doesn't matter what team that is. Like you kept your you kept your team in the game the entire time, and then your high power offense just refuses to get it done. Just freezes yeah. the score. They moved the ball. They just didn't score. I mean, right. they didn't move it like a ton, but they moved it enough. They moved it more than Jaguars realistically. Yeah, I mean, Diggs, Diggs ends up with six for 85. Like, that's a respectable day, this, and you're not going to get in the end zone. This is a team that has scored under 30 points twice this year, and uh, they scored a measly six points on Sunday. They scored under 30 twice. First week one against the Steelers, and then last week when they beat the Dolphins 26 to 11. I mean, what? Yeah, I don't know what to I, make of it. I don't either. I, I think it's a flute game. Maybe, maybe what do they call that? A trap game kind of thing. Trap game. Yeah. I yeah. mean, just kind of looking past the Jags and be like, well, the Jags are one and six with Urban Myers, their head coach. So don't even Two need to bother now, to show Seth. up. What's that? Two and six, six now, Seth. Well, you're right. My bad. I, I can't <laughs> take it away from them. Can't take it I'll away. Give you a, I'll give you guys a random stat. Um, Sean McDermott, since being a head coach, has only ever lost to two rookie quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence being the second. Can you guys guess who the first rookie quarterback he lost to was? That's a good trivia question, Jeremy. Sean McDermott. Uh, Mac Jones. Nope. So this is what I'll tell you real quick. Hopefully this other rookie quarterback has no uh, – isn't kind of what Lawrence will turn into. I <laughs> uh, no. Who is it? I'll tell you what. It happened in division. I almost want to say Blaine Gabbert because he's a Jack, Jack's quarterback, uh, but no, that's no, no, probably McDermott. too long ago. Yep, I was going to say think of McDermott and think of Indivision, AFC East. Well, I said Mac. It's not going to be Mac. Um, Owen. Owen, give us a guess. Come on. Not Tua, awesome. is it? Tua? No, no. I don't. I, I got no nothing. Team. Come Sam on, Darnold. Owen. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, okay. All right. Oh, right. Sam Darnold freshly broke his or some tore something announced today. Fractures tibia, right? Uh, he, I don't know. It, announcement came out earlier today that he uh, has a pretty serious arm injury, shoulder, uh, so he'll be out for a while. Incomplete uh, so Sam fracture Darnold. of shoulder. Yeah, 
Sam Darnold experiment in Carolina is most likely over, probably. Um, yeah, all right. All right. Anyways, that's the Jags game. Uh, no more to talk about other than um, Josh Allen playing against Josh Allen. Let's move on to the Denver Broncos and the Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys, Jeremy? You love to see it. You love to see the Cowboys not only lose, but get fucking embarrassed. That's my third F-bomb, but that was that one was needed. Um, I hate the Cowboys. I hate everything about the Cowboys. I hate everybody that's ever played for the Cowboys. And I'm not going to lie. Wow. When I watch okay. the Cowboys lose, I get very happy. And uh, there was just something extra sweet about this one. Happened in Jerry World. Teddy Bridgewater comes out, leads the Broncos to just an utter ass whipping of the Cowboys. I loved it. Loved to see it. The the Cowboys came off a bye, right? They had a bye last week. Is it, am I correct? That sounds right. Yes, that sounds right. It, they kind of it kind of looked like they came off a bye too. They looked sluggish and rusty and just out of sync. I mean, that offense didn't put up any points until the fourth quarter when it was garbage time. And uh, Jeremy's multitasking, by the way. He he's on daddy duty and he's also potting. So so good for him to. To be all over the board, he's our, um, what do you call that, renaissance man, just kind of jack-of-all-trades kind of guy. Anyways, the uh, the Cowboys, they, they looked just completely out of it on Sunday. Like, they haven't been playing for a while, things like that. I mean, they scored a couple touchdowns at the end of the game to make it look close, but otherwise it was a, a pretty dominating performance by the Broncos. And good for you, Owen, for, for picking the Broncos, right? Jeremy as well. I'd have to know Jeremy did and end up getting that pick in. Um, yeah, because it was a 10 point spread, which I thought was way too high. I know the Cowboys are looking good, but again, you got to consider the vision and you got to consider that they're still incomplete and they're still kind of spotty and uh, their perform- performances, but look like it too. They look like it. Teddy came out and he did, he did as well as Teddy can do 19 to 28, 249 for a touchdown. Like that's all you need out of Teddy right there. Uh, solid defensive performance kind of came out and played better in the wake of uh, Von Miller's departure. Yeah. Um, it was definitely, you know, Denver kind of campaigning to get into that wild card spot. Um, it was, I was just reading this today. I think it just came out. Jerry Jones in his press conference was just like, you know, they came out. We, uh, I, that's not my, I can't do a Jerry Jones. Sorry. I, I'm going to, I'm going to stop trying right there. He's like, we knew exactly what Denver was going to do. They did it. We didn't stop it. I was telling Mike about it all week. Uh, what we didn't anticipate is them succeeding in what they were going to do. So, uh, it just comes up. It's like Jerry. Okay. This is what I want. I want, the Cowboys, I want Jerry to just end up firing Mike McCarthy because you know he's going to do it at some point. Might hang on a little too too long, but he's going to get, get there. Just have Jerry, you know, coach for the first half of a season. Just let him have full control because you know that's what he just, he just desperately wants in his head. And then if he comes out and he wins more than half the games, be like, we can all shut up about him. And if he comes out and he wins like, you know, maybe two – and then he can just relinquish all control because that's what's holding the Cowboys back at times is just this weird milling oh, yeah. thing that he has. Yep. You know, and I don't know. It's, it is. It's no, you're, weird, you're completely right, Owen, that uh, 
Jerry is a big part of their success and why they are, you know, the, the Dallas Perennial Cowboys candidates. Yeah. But you're right. He's also the reason why they're usually crumbling or the downfall because like you said, he, he gets involved in too much of it and gets his nose into everything. And, and then you put pressure on McCarthy on coaches, on other players, things like that to, to succeed or whatnot. And really, I mean, you need to have a top down system kind of thing almost where he's just, he's the system. And uh, I would love to see Jerry Jones as a, as the coach on the sideline, because he would have no idea what he's doing. And he would. Jeremy, yeah. Jeremy's just coming back into this idea. Jeremy, this was the idea I, I threw out was like, um, Jerry came out in his press conference and he's like, you know, we knew exactly what Denver was going to do. They did it. We didn't anticipate the, them succeeding, but I was telling Mike about it. We were talking about it all week and uh, we just didn't get it done. So he's like basically crediting himself for, for scouting out the Broncos single-handedly and giving Mike all the information. And then they didn't perform. That's Jerry Jones. This is, this is what I'll say. I think those two are actually pretty close from the sounds of it. Sounds like they were close before uh, Mike came to the Cowboys. Um, sounds like once the, he came on board, they really hit it off. Now, I'll back up Jerry Jones just a little bit here. Um, he did actually take a step back as far as being able to be the final save for drafting about probably within the last five, ten years because he wanted to take Menzel, and they didn't, and they took Zach Martin instead. But because uh, he gave up, I want to say he gave it to his son, right? Uh, yeah, I can't remember his name, but yes. Now, to tell you the truth, Steven, yes. right? Steven. I think it's Steven Jones. Yep. If I'm being completely honest, would I love to see the Dallas Cowboys be ran, GM'd, coached, maybe even played by Jerry Jones? Yes. Would love <laughs> to see it. I would love to see his old ass walking out there and just get obliterated. By Fletcher Cox, like nothing would be sweeter to me. Um, wow. Okay. But since that's not going to happen, uh, I think McCarthy did what I would have expected Jones to do, which is we're just our players are just better than your players is what I think they like to roll out and think. But um, it wasn't true. Sometimes the better team doesn't win. Sometimes the <laughs> coach team, you know, right. um, McCarthy's not a guy that's probably known for being, I mean, I don't know how he was in Green Bay, but I can't imagine he's somebody that comes out bye weeks and just slaughters the other team. So unless, I don't see he's, unless he's got a watermelon in front of him to smash and really get yeah. the team going. <laughs> no. Really get the boys going. But no, uh, no, I just – McCarthy's not the type of guy that's going to come and out game plan another coach. Um, now, De- Denver's not a, a slouch by any means, you know. They're not. They're, defensively, I mean, even without Von Miller, it's still pretty impressive offensively they're pretty consistent as long as teddy plays his game i mean it's a loaded offense with judy and sutton and uh, noah Fant, who didn't play on sunday but still um i mean yeah a loaded off i mean it's it's a solid team it's a pretty balanced consistent team um so yeah i i i don't take too much out of this game i i think the cowboys are better than what um what they showed on Sunday, but like we always suck. say, any given Sunday, any given Sunday. Seth, I, I mean, think the suck. Just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> okay, my bad. All right. Let's continue on to another big game. We had we have the 
Cardinals and the 49ers. Owen's preseason prediction, NFC West winners, 49ers, 17 to 31. Uh, and pretty embarrassing showing. Uh, Jimmy G should probably be benched. We should be seeing Trey Lance at this point. They're three and five. The Cardinals come back with Colt McCoy and the Terminator, John Kana. Yes. 31-17. What a game. I want to start off by asking Owen with his tips a question real quick. Um, was the Terminator the number one fantasy scorer this week? The Terminator was the number one scorer in fantasy this week, 21 for 96. Two touchdowns on the ground, adds five for 77 with touchdown receiving. All of this done with Chase, Chase Edmonds on the sideline, which has been pretty much a 50-50 split uh, given total work. Obviously, Connor's the, the ground and pound guy. Edmonds is a nice third down. but a Edmonds is going to be out for the next few weeks. And he's going to be out for the next few weeks. So uh, I just I just took a, che- uh, took a check. Uh, there is one league that I'm in. I can't remember if it's the one I'm in with Jeremy or the one I'm in with Seth. That James Connor is on the uh, on the market. And, it's not uh, the one you're in with me because he rode the pine last week. Because I am a dumb mother effort. But would you start? Would you start? Um. So you beat me. Got, so go let ahead. me ask one more question, real quick. When Mike Evans went off for three touchdowns. Was he the number one scorer that week as well? Uh, he was in top five, yes, that week, yeah. Owen, I benched him that week as well because I'm just notorious for going, hey, you're going to have a big week. You're going to ride the pine. And I um, told you to start both of them. You want to know something? I will give you it's that. The curse of did, the Shimko. I did beat Owen regardless. I started instead um, Elijah, Michelle, and – Mitchell. Mitchell, my bad. And Zach Moss. I started hey, Zach Mitchell Moss. is probably a good start, though. Mitchell was probably a good start, I'm sure. He was all right, but I tell you what, John Connor will be starting the rest of the season. He'll be back. He will yeah. be back. At least, at the very least, for the next few weeks. Obviously, Kyler is going to come back next week, it looks like. I don't know if Hopkins will be back right away, but um, this is a game that the Niners truly needed to win. Um, it's kind of embarrassing that a Kyle, Kyle Shanahan team – two years, a year and a half removed from the Super Bowl, um, comes out this flat against a Cardinals team who's starting Colt McCoy. And without their two top receivers in Hopkins and Green. And it just – it just – so disappointing. Uh, Kittle, George Kittle, come back out. He's, he's back. Six receptions, 101 yards, gets a touchdown. So that's the one bright spot. Elijah Mitchell still doing some good things. Um George Kittle, uh, to me, didn't look that well. Didn't, didn't do too much. To you? What do you mean? Oh, never mind. Sorry, I was thinking of somebody else. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, okay, Sorry. I was wrong, gonna say. I was like, wrong, wrong stat line. Never mind. What are we talking My about bad. here? My bad. 20, no, he had a, he had a good game. Big game. 18, I, 19 I honestly, points not good enough for you. Yeah, I didn't watch too much of this game. Um, I just kind of caught some highlights and you know stats, things like that. Wrong stat line. My bad. George Kittle does what George Kittle does. Okay. Yeah, he is back. I'll retract that one. There you go. So, I mean, the Niners really, I don't know, they got some soul searching to do. That'll be an interesting uh, divorce when it eventually comes. Uh, it be a weird, like, political 
Lynch versus Shanahan versus Jimmy G thing going on at some point. Someone's going to get the scapegoat. I'm assuming Jimmy G is the first one out, obviously. But 100%, yeah. Jimmy but, G I mean, has got This it. is still still an indictment on the coaching staff in the front office. Like, such a talented team. Like I said, just a couple, like a year and a half away from the Super Bowl, and we're coming out flat against the, the JV squad for the Cardinals. Yeah. You know, Owen, I did want to make a comment on this. Who, who do you guys think I, – I just want to throw this out there. Who do you think is more to blame for this, Shanahan or Lynch? Uh, you know, it's hard to compare them because I get stuck on the fact that, like, this is Kyle Shanahan's team. Like, what do we, you know, what's what's going on? Is it the shuffling from losing Robert Sala and Michael Fleur, you know, to your, your most trusted assistants? Uh, and really just trying to figure out what the hell the team is, really? Or are they still just really hung up on the quarterback thing? They're just waiting on Trey Lance before they really make a push? Um, I don't know. I, I think the, the blame to me squarely falls on Shanahan, at least at this point. Um, I tend to agree with that, On Seth, do you agree with that? You guys both go Shanahan? For the I most part, say. yes. So this is what I'll say. Um, I've made it clear I'm a big Shanahan fan. Um, I think Shanahan is the to blame for the success, and I think he's to blame for the downfall this year. Um, because Owen, to everything you just said, as a head coach, you got to be able to get over that. I mean, the great ones get over coordinators leaving all the time. You know what I mean? Like that's just how it is. Great ones get over players leaving all the time. And uh, realistically, I, like you can't sit here and say the whole roster is brought in by Lynch, but lots of it was. Most of it was. You know, lots of main the main key players were brought in by Lynch while Shanahan was there. And that's that's Lynch's job. You know, so basically the products he's putting on the field as far as talent-wise is there. It's the exact opposite in Philadelphia. We put shit on the field most of the time. But um <laughs> Shanahan's not yeah. taking advantage of it. And I mean they I mean from the sounds of it, they handpicked his guy with Lance. And uh, they're not really taking advantage of that either. I'm curious how much of a leash this guy gets before they finally go, hey, get out of here. You know, the yeah, Grappolo, who's, Grappolo took us to the Super Bowl. And, I mean, you're, you're not getting it since. And we're, we're like last year you get the buy because, you know, you get a little bit of the, the leash there because you, you were so beat up. But I'm curious, you know, moving forward. Like, I don't expect him to get fired at the end of the year. I mean, no. it'd have to be real. He'd have to completely lose the locker room. But, yeah. Uh, no, it looks pretty bad in San Fran. Yeah, and the Niners are dead. Uh, on the flip side, really quick, Cardinals, uh, completely opposite from the Packers. Well, in a sense, uh, they they get to steal a win with their quarterback out. Uh, Packers have to suffer that and, you know, might have playoff implications with the home game, but the Cardinals stay right up there at the top uh, and uh, get lucky with Cole McCoy. They did. Uh, they were impressive without their top guys. So it shows that it's a deep team. All right. Let's move on to a few other games. We'll finish up this recap. Just quickly, the Pats Panthers. Just one question for you guys on this one. That's all I have, and then we can continue on. We know the Panthers are done. Sam Darnold experiment is over. We you know revealed earlier Owen did uh, the injury. So uh, Panthers are gone. Are the Pats a real playoff team threat? They're a playoff threat. Uh, you. Uh- Objectively, yes. A game away from the Bills right now. The Bills are suffering. The Patriots, the Patriots have quietly been uh, inching back up there. They're five and four. Uh, they almost feel destined for a wild card game. Um, 
just to make some noise. Mac Jones again in a win, only only attempts eighteen passes, really spread the ball around the, on the ground game, and then so all you want these Alabama quarterbacks to do, Owen, just throw like the teens. That's it. Anything more than twenty, you're falling apart. It's working out, but we'll see what happens with the uh, future edition of Odell Beckham Jr. The one thing I'll say, Seth, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, forecasting right jump, there. I want to jump in on this New England. Uh, New England started one and three. They have won four of the last five, which brings them to five and four. Um, they're beating up on, you know, the Panthers who are kind of licking their wounds right now. The one thing I'll say is, I know when you kind of took the words right out of my mouth right there with Mac Jones' numbers, just don't let Mac Jones beat you. You know what I mean? Don't let him implode. Um, the defense seems to be playing as well as it has, even, you know, since losing Gilmore. But, uh, no, I mean, if this is what you got to do to make your way to the playoffs is just beat up on these lowly teams and then, you know, inch out or squeak out like real close games. Yeah. You could, Bill could do it. Um, I don't expect them to make any noise in the playoffs, but I think they could make it for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I, I mean, Bill, uh, Bill has a way of doing things. Um, he's a, obviously one of the best coaches of all time. Uh, so in that revolving door of running backs, um, and if they do at Odell, I mean, that offense, we already talked about it, but it would just be that much better. All right. Uh, let's continue on. Just a few other games here. Uh, just one that I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in. Um, disappointed in the outcome just because of the Bucks mainly. Um, the Saints lose 25 to 27 last second. Falcons, Owen mentioned it earlier. It might have been pre-pod. I don't remember. But if the season ended today, Owen, you said that uh, the Falcons would be in the playoffs. That's crazy the, to me. The Falcons are this current seven seed in the NFC and would be traveling to Green Bay wildcard weekend if the season ended today. How that, crazy. I can't. It's, that's wild. Wild that the Falcons would be in a playoff spot right now. It's the current state of the NFL. There's a lot still shuffling around, and we still have half a season left. Uh, the Falcons could, I mean, at this rate, they're, I mean, they're, they are what they are. They're very middling. Um, they're slowly finding better ways to get uh, Kyle Pitts the ball. Cordero Patterson seems to be the number one in that offense, though. As he uh, should another, be, probably. I mean, he, he I, looks I good right now. Uh, Zacchaeus had a huge fantasy, uh, fantasy week. I think Matt Ryan was number five on the week as well at quarterback. So keep Matt keep Ryan uh, is kind of looking revitalized. A little this bit. Year, he's, he's having a little more fun. I don't know if it's his last year in Atlanta still or not, but I mean, he's he's not going down. That's for sure. Yeah, I, he to me, he's looked a bit better, especially from the first couple of weeks when they struggled a bit. Uh, they've obviously played better over you know the last few weeks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he's looked a lot better than than what the beginning of the season did. Where I think this, I thought this was a lost team. I mean, they lost to. Um, you know, no offense, Jeremy. They lost to your Eagles week one. Um, they lost. That wasn't to... a loss. That was an ass whooping, Seth. Oh, Say my it bad. My bad. My bad. They lost to the Panthers last week. I mean, they lost to Washington. So some ugly losses, but some impressive wins as well. I guess the Saints is the most impressive. Um, but yeah, I mean, guess you never know. You never know with these teams. I mean. Each week you get something wild, but if they keep feeding Cordell Patterson the ball, hey, watch out, watch out. I guess so. I want to jump in right there. I I just want to say this real quick. It seems like the Falcons kind of took off when they started to realize Cordero Patterson is our best player. 
and Kyle Pitts is our future. Like as soon as they did that, they they started to win some games. Um, Cordero, I mean, I I wish when you see players like this because it takes you back to like, uh, um, how did I just forget his name? Punt returner for the Bears. Somebody help me out here. Hester. 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 Takes you back to guys like Hester and you know, kind of like Swiss Army Knife players. If teams would just use them correctly right off the bat in their career, run pass type this. You could change some some you know some teams' futures. You could same, change some guys' careers right there. But I mean, it's nice to see Cordero kind of do this. Yeah, it is. It's cool. It's cool to see. Yep. All right. Uh, a few more games here. Let's go. Baltimore, Minnesota. What a wild game this was. Back and forth. Lamar does it again. 34-31 in overtime. Look, I mean, he's looking good. I mean, looking a lot better than what I ever thought he was gonna be this year. Um, I mean, yeah, six and two, they right up there with the Titans for best record in the AFC and the Vikings. Well, the Vikings are the Vikings. So the Vikings continue to be the Vikings. We again, another thing we talked about it last week. I knew this was going to be the purple shootout credit to me and all credit to me alone. <laughs> Kirk Cousins did well. I mentioned him as a good fantasy option. If you're, if your quarterbacks are out, I know Brady and Russell Wilson, uh, continued to be out. So there were some teams out there and he continued, he proved to be a good option in a shootout. Lamar, though. Nice little one year touchdown for himself. He did. He, did. he, he got that little, uh, got the ball over the goal line. Um, Lamar, though, went off uh, 27 to 41, 266, three touchdowns through the air, get the 120 on the ground as well. But I just want to put this into a fantasy point. Um, they're really figuring out the air game, which is dangerous. That really puts him at the class of the AFC, in my opinion, especially with Titans uh, having Henry out. Um, Marquise Hollywood Brown came a long way from the first couple of weeks and all those drop passes, uh, yeah, 160 definitely. yards himself. And fantasy-wise, Rashad Bateman is my number one waiver wire ad. If it's too late for you for the waivers, just go take a check at that uh, that free agency market. See if he's there. He's worth it going Never know. in the last in the second half of the season. Never know. So All right. I want to jump in real quick. Yeah, I what do you got? Jump in on so I said it early in the pod, or even maybe pre-pod, but I'm gonna say it again. Lamar Jackson outpassed yardage and touchdowns, Kirk Cousins. Kirk had 187, two touchdowns. Lamar had 266, three touchdowns. And he also outrushed Delvin Cook in the same game. Cook went for 17 for 110, no touchdowns. Lamar went 21 for 120, no touchdowns. That's a feat in itself. Like this dude is, he's an offense in his own, you know. And Owen, what you just said there about how if they really get figuring out this passing game, lock it up. I think they're going to go right to the Super Bowl. Like now, whether they win it or not, I don't know but I think they would just beat up on NFC, uh, AFC opponents. Cause I don't know who's going to be able to stop Lamar. Cause right. there's just too much going on there, especially if he can throw the ball. I mean, you used to be able to just to stack the line or put a couple spies on him. Now you got to be able to man up all the way across the back of the, you know, the back end. Um, the only other thing I want to say is like, man, Minnesota is like so disappointing. I mean, fun to watch though, you know, <laughs> it's not in that, it's not even that Minnesota's fun to watch. It's like, hey, Delvin Cook, you're fun to watch. Hey, Jefferson, you're fun to watch. Hey, you know, some of these players, fun to watch. But Mike Zimmer, like, dude, you're you're stuck in, like, 1995 playing and defense, you know. You know, 
He's got to be fired at the that end. That guy season. should be the defensive coordinator for the Eagles. That's what he should be doing yeah, right now. He's and Gannon should be a free agent. I see that as a real possibility too. Um, I mean, both defenses ended up. I think both defenses are overrated at this point. Uh, even Baltimore kind of shown like they let you know the thirty points up to the minutes to the Vikings. Um, I had another point and I lost it, but Owen, oh, this is I'll right. jump in and I'll jump in and help you out. This is what I'll say: Minnesota can put up thirty on damn near anybody. I mean, they got the talent to do so. The one thing I'll say as far as for also for Minnesota, they've got the ability to put up 30 points and still lose any game to anybody. Like exactly. They just they don't close anybody up. Vikings way. It's the Minnesota way. But they made sure made sure to keep it close there in overtime. I don't know if you guys watched this. I did actually. I did watch this. In overtime, the Anthony Barr uh tip pass intercept. I I thought it was over after that. That was impressive play. Impressive all they needed was far. a field goal, and then all of a sudden the offense stopped working. Well, Kirk Cousins does what back. Kirk Cousins does in the in crunch you know, time. Crunch time, exactly, and just lays it lays a clunker down at the end. Yep. When you need him most, Kirk coupons is worth coupons. <laughs> He's worth Thank that you. twenty-five cents off that twenty-five dollar. Yep. He's not worth the five cents off I get at Quick Trip from my gas, Seth. Quick Trip. Uh, we could use another sponsor. No big deal or nothing. Hey, but. never know. We'll see. We'll see where that path lies. All right. Two games left. Two games left on the slate here. We have the Monday night game, and then we have the browns Bengals, which might be the biggest surprise of the weekend. Maybe other than probably the Jags-Bills game. I'm probably assuming it's probably the biggest surprise. But this one might be right up there. The Browns, without OBJ, as uh, Owen said earlier, um, 41-16, the Bengals look like one of the better teams in the AFC and definitely the AFC North, but uh, not after Sunday. What happened? Not after the past two weeks, really. I suppose, yeah, yeah, yeah. People-Jones happened. Donovan Peoples-Jones happened. Both of these running backs are studs, by the way. Chubb and Mixon both had huge, huge games, uh, both plus 100 total yards, both two touchdowns. Um, but that big 70-yard run by Chubb was like, I mean, that just shows you the Bengals, like, I don't know if the defense just wasn't paying attention or what was going on. Uh, obviously, Burrow throwing two picks doesn't help. Pick uh, six. Yeah, yeah, that was ugly. Ugly. That was, his ankles that was a got big snatched turnaround. on it, too. I it's, mean, his, both of his ankles got just snatched out. And I'm not sure. That would definitely look like a force to chase right there. It was a, it, he was kind of just like a, a slant or a, a flat going to the pylon. And uh, Ward was all over that the whole time. So I'm not sure. He was just kind of a panic throw, try to get to the end zone, but did not Get it to your guy. Yeah. I mean, is this a real turnaround for the Browns? I mean, without OBJ, uh, does this kind of really open that offense? Is it, I mean, does this to kind of define maybe like a turning point for the Browns, I guess, in their season where it's been so back and forth. What are they five and four now? Yeah. Five and four. So are the Bengals. Um, but could this be a turning point for the Browns, I guess? Seth, I would say yes. I think it's more of, I mean, this game is a big part of it, but I think OBJ being gone, you don't have to put up with that. You don't have Baker like trying to force him the ball. This stat line you see here where it's like people Jones, two receptions, Nick Chubb, two receptions, Harrison Bryant, two receptions. And then a bunch of dudes just getting like one or two or three Javar. I mean, Jarvis Landry is just three for 11. That's classic Jarvis. But like, Baker's not a guy that's going to hone in on one dude. Because if you do that to Baker, you're going to turn him from like a good to great quarterback to a below average quarterback real fast because him honing in on the guy is going to turn into two, three interceptions. 
Um, he's I I wouldn't go quite as far as like the Kirk. You know, I don't think Baker's that type of game manager. You know, he's after this game, he's the second most winning his quarterback by like whatever age group he is right now. But uh, I mean, this is what the Browns need to be, where it's like Baker needs to move the ball and then hit red zone targets, but let the running backs win the game for you. You know, the defense and the running backs just let them win. And they got Hunt coming back yet, too. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. It's a loaded offense. I mean, Baker just needs to distribute it to everybody. Still, still a loaded throw, offense without OBJ. I want to throw one more thing out there. Oh, and you made the comment about Joe Mixon. That guy's like bona fide probably a top five running back like he's really really good and like not just running the ball joe mixon blocks real well and he catches the ball yeah he's i mean he was good as hell in college yeah oh yeah for sure i mean he's i i won't quite go this far he's if you were to take everything that's going on in the browns backfield and kind of mush it into one guy that's just about what joe mixon is but i wouldn't quite go that far just because nick chubb is such a threat running the ball Yep. You know, I yeah, no, I mean, Mixon, I, even the loss, I think this Bengals team is still set up for a lot of success. Burrow, Mixon, Chase, Higgins, I mean, still a lot of things there. So e- even though it was an ugly loss for them this weekend, I think you still have to be encouraged as a, as a Bengals fan. Of course, you're going to get your ups and downs with a young team like that. So, Can um, I ask and- one fantasy question real quick? Please. Owen, what happened to Tyler Boyd? Um, he's droppable. Uh, if I'm being honest, he's going to have, he might have a game or two, uh, but he is the wide receiver three in this offense. Uh, so if you need to make a room on your bench, uh, it's totally acceptable because he goes, he gets two targets this week, catches one for 11 yards. Like chase continues to get 10 plus targets a game and Higgins is the number two. So whatever you want to do with that. And plus Uzoma is Uzoma and Mixon. Are both getting huge numbers of targets too. Zamoa. Yeah, CJ's really uh he's coming out of his shell right now. But uh no, it's kind of it's sad to see this the fall from grace that you know Tyler I mean, Boyd, he, Tyler, he was a back-to-back thousand yard receiver just a few yeah, years he ago. Was, that guy was just racking up numbers, you know. Not a huge touchdown guy, but I mean he had yards and catches all over the place. So yeah, yep. Yep. Now he's, yeah, true, true. Yep. More yards though. <laughs> <laughs> bigger guy too yes all right let's go to our last game final game the monday night game just a couple quick thoughts from both of you steelers like i mentioned earlier i th- I thought this was going to be kind of a blow up for them almost justin fields kind of turned it on at the end and maybe took a corner for himself but steelers hold on 29 27 and now they're right up there within that division this division is real close i mean you have Baltimore six and two, Pittsburgh five and three, Cleveland five and four, Cincinnati five and four, all right within a game or two of each other. Uh, I guess what do we make of the Steelers team, which has been all over the place, and maybe Justin Fields finally uh, producing a little bit. Oh, do you want to go first here? Yeah, Steelers. Uh, so they had this; they had the lead basically the entire game. Bears turned it on right in the, right at the end there, but it looked like I mean Pat Fryer prior Pat Fryer Muth, not Muth Muth Pat Fryer Muth uh, has been a revelation really just as an added target. He's huge ends or red zone threat. Ends up with two touchdowns. Huge performer on the year or in the week in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and then Najee obviously continues to be the focal point, which is kind of how it should be. Uh, oh yeah, hundred like percent. 
should be a little more uh, creativity, I would say, because his, his, his yardage wasn't there, but we know his talent is. Uh, so we'll see Roethlisberger, you know, continue. He's not doing too much, which is why the Steelers are winning these games. Um, so, you know, five and three is good for them. Uh, yeah. The one bright spot for the bears, I guess Montgomery came back and hey. hogging the rest so of the long Herbert. Yeah. Herbert is also now droppable. In my opinion, I ended up dropping after uh, benefiting from the, the ad the last few weeks. I am now dropping, especially as the Bears go into a bye week this uh, this next week. But yeah, bright spot from Fields. Yeah, truly, he he showed toughness. He came on back. Led what? what sh- well, I mean, we're and we're burying the lead. I mean, the the taunting call at the end is all I really care to talk about. <laughs> okay, yeah, we can talk about that. Like, that, truly, I mean, can- yeah, you're probably right. It definitely defined the game. Um, yeah, yeah, huge 100%. play on third down. I think. Uh, I mean, they were fourth in what 15, and then that taunting call gives them an automatic first down, which was such bullshit. He looked at the sideline. This is Cassius Marsh we're talking about. He was a practice squad player last week or the week before. Gets brought up as Cleo Mack is injured, makes these two ginormous plays, right? He's fired up. He's like, okay, this might, you know, this might get me on the roster, it might make me some money. And then he looks at the sideline accidentally bumps into the ref Tony Carrenti who sticks his ass out to make contact for some reason for some stupid reason and then he goes to the sideline after this huge play and gets yelled at by his oh I was so pissed off at the, the coaches there too they're just like you just cost us the game I was looking at that yeah <laughs> I saw that cannot, so I, I was Car- so mad um Carrenti made a comment I think it was earlier today or this afternoon or something on the call and he said he, he said something, he didn't go into details, of course, uh, about it, but he said, he said something that made me feel I needed to throw the flag. <laughs> so obviously he said something or there was enough there apparently to say, I'm not saying it's, it's right or it should have been called, but I'm saying that's, that was his side of it. Right. It was pretty poor, Seth. It was pretty poor. Oh, hundred percent um, agree. hundred percent agree. Yeah. The, the only things I wanted to add a little bit was, uh, there was one point in this game where it was like, man, Justin Fields might be, other than Lamar, like one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the league. And it was nice to see as the game progressed. It was like, he, like you said, Owen, he got it more and more and more. Um, Montgomery's my guy. Love to see him come back. Um, there was actually a play where Daryl Mooney ran that touchdown in. I thought it was, I thought it was actually Fields running the ball because it was like that's how fast and quick that guy is. Like it's, right. it was that he was actually just bigger, you know. Right. Um, the Bears' defense, I mean, they're fairly stifling, at least running the ball against them. Uh, there was one play where I seen Ben Roethlisberger take off to run the ball. I was like, you oh, are gosh. the slowest player not. in the league. Yeah, I was that's like, right. and you are the <laughs> slowest player. In Trying the to get that first NFL. down there, yeah. I remember yeah, that. I was just like, I would put Tom Brady up against you <laughs> any day of the week. I would even put ankle braces and uh, weighted vest on Tom Brady. He's still winning that race with his avocado ice cream. But no – um. I think the beginning of the game, because like you said, Owen, the Bears didn't really do much until the fourth quarter. But Justin Fields didn't have the ability to do anything because they were in his face the whole TJ Watt. Yeah. yeah, TJ Watt is an animal. I was going to say the Steelers were in the backfield the whole first three quarters. It wasn't until the very end where, you know, he finally got to do some things. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick was all over the place too. But for sure, I mean, he, he threw that one pick right to Cam Hayward. Like he threw it right into his hands. 
And I mean, Fields isn't a short quarterback, but I think he's only about six one. And I mean, when you got Cam Hayward six five, six six, you know, the hands in the air. Yeah. That's that classic JJ Watt move, you know. But yeah. Uh, no, Steel- was, uh, Steelers had three three total sacks, three total tackles for loss. TJ Watt had all of them. That was all <laughs> all in the backfield the entire time. Like you said, Minka was flying around making plays. Like that's that's the good thing for the Steelers. They probably should have lost this game. Defense played very well, though. Yep. TJ Watt is a half a sack behind Garrett for the lead. Garrett's had 12, TJ Watt 11 and a half. My defensive player of the year pick. Versus my defensive player of the year. Jeremy, I don't remember who you picked. Was it it Garrett or was it somebody else? I can't remember. I think I might have went with Garrett. I think I might have. It was that that or Donald, I think, right? Which one or the other, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cool. All right. Yeah, Steelers survived, though. Uh, Keep within that – Keep within that AFC North while the Bears just kind of dig deeper into the NFC North, where really the Packers are the only impressive team. But all right, that is our recap. Recap is all done. Ran through the games. The gambit is over once again. As always, it was a good one. We'll come at you later this week, Thursday and or Friday, depending on when we want you to hear our voices again. Um, But (laughs) when we want. Our yes. schedule, damn it. Hey, <laughs> or Jeremy's anyway. That that is true. That is true. We we hope needy we'll, guy. We'll hope needy Jeremy guy. uh will be back with us on Thursday. I'm sure he will. We we need his top five because I'm curious on where that will land after such a week. So yeah. I'm excited for that one. Yeah, Otherwise, sure. see you later. Talk to you later. Adios. 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 That dude is a guy. That guy is a dude.